This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, um, as usual, you know, a yontiv requires that we prepare for it. Um, it certainly requires food preparing, but it certainly requires preparing in some sort of getting a sense of the depth of a yontiv. And just like uh, Balabasta likes to cook something new always, certainly something fresh, um, I think for preparing for Yontiv, having new insights and getting some new understanding really enhances the Yontiv. Um, Purim is a very interesting uh, day. Halachically, it's much weaker than Yadion Tovim. It's a Rabbanan. It's also something which does not have the yontiv aspect of not doing melacha and so on. It also somehow gets lost in the drinking and so on. You know, especially young people like to have quote-unquote fun. And we think of Purim as being a nice day, but a lot of times we don't think of it as being an uplifting day. The truth is, Purim in many ways goes to some of the core ideas, some of the deepest concepts of Yiddishkeit. And that's why learning about it, understanding it, is really something that is worth putting time into. The sefer we're going to use tonight, we've done over the years a few pieces in different in different yantovim. It's called Org Dal Yahu. It is written by Org Bedal Yeshua. Org Bedal Yeshua was uh, one of the first American-born Talmud Chachamim, giant Talmud Chachamim, a very big Talmud Chachamim. He was a, a Rosh Hashiva Torah He was Nifter, I believe, in 1980 or so. Um, he was known for being able to present many of the Hasidic ideas in a more in more rational fashion, so we get a lot out of it. His children, Yibad Chaim, are very famous, Marbitzitor, and so on. You might have heard speeches, Rabbi Falsha, Rabbi Falsha, and so on. Okay, so like always, I'm going to skim through some pieces. I'm going to try to keep the thread of thought over here. The f- let's see what he starts with in the first page, 86. He brings, in Mesechtis Megillah, there is a huge section that deals with a goddess of the Megillah. What normally would be in a Medrash um, on, a, on a Sefer in Tanakh is in Mesechtis Megillah. At the beginning, there's a whole series of phrases, Pasach lo pischa behai. Each individual Amora started his introductory remarks to Megillah. And he's going to quote one of those remarks. He brings the following Pasach. Tachas hanatsuts yale berosh. Um, the, the, instead of a thorn, there there will rise, there will grow, there will sprout a uh, uh, some sort of plant that has a pleasant aroma. I don't know the exact uh, translation. Betachas asirpod, which is also a type of thorn. Yala hadasa hadas will rise. So tachas yala brosh is Mordechai who came to power over Haman. And uh, and the um, the Hadas is instead of Vashti we have Esther. The, um, the it's, it's fine. It, it sounds. I mean, yes, 
is, is, is that adding any understanding to the Megillah? Yeah, you know, the Megillah has wicked people. Like, like, like every good story, it starts with wicked people and the good people win at the end. Is there anything being said in this psicha that's enlightening in what happened in the Megillah. When you give an introduction to something, you expect that, that there's a sort of a deeper point of enlightenment. It doesn't sound like that. And he will come towards the end. He will bring out what he thinks is the point over here. Okay, let's start with the Alephis. Amolik who say the Shalmikra. Kosovo Rambam. This is a very famous Rambam. And this actually is apropos to tomorrow. The Rambam explains the concept of Tainus. The original Tanesim, the original fastings, were ad hoc. Every time something happens, an unfortunate event that is not a one-time event, but somehow we have a sense there is a drought, an ongoing drought. There is ongoing plague. We have a Torah obligation to organize a day of fast, prayer, etc. So, the Ram explains the point of it. And, and actually, it's very interesting that tomorrow is the only fast day that's like that. The other fast days that we have, the four fast days, they commemorate the Hurban, and they have a, a touch of mourning associated with it. It's also a tshuva and so on, but tomorrow is especially, it's, it's, it's a reflection of the fact that the Jews organized the tainus in those days in order to beseech HaKadosh Baruch to help. So tomorrow is that type of tainus. And the Ramam explains the point of it. It is one of the pathways of tshuva. When something bad happens and we're mispalel, they will realize that it's because they did wrong. And this causes HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remove the difficulties. If they don't pray and they don't, they're not they'll say, listen, it's a statistic. Statistics have all sorts of oddities. We happen to be hit by a particularly long drought, particularly difficult economic situation. Vitsarazu Nikra Nikris, it's an event that happened. Harezu Derachzarius, that is a very cruel perspective. To go it causes them to keep doing what they're doing because I don't think that what I did in any way affected what happened. Vitosiv and come. Who This is actually a Pasik in the Torah. Valachtem imi if you go with me with carry, and the word carry is not clear what it means, the Rambam um, understands it to mean like the word mikra, kloima, she'ovelechem tzorek deshetashuvu im tomushu keri, oizelechem hamasosu keri. Okay, so the Rambam here explains the core perspective we have to events that befall us. And let's read a little bit of what he says, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Rambam 
So he explains like this. Let's first speak. Let's speak some before this. Physical objects are objective realities, and I can I can test if there's a wall over there or not. If I take a rack and I throw it at that, if there's a bang or a smash or the rock comes back, I notice something, phys- a physical object there. That's a great test. That's why we test all physical objects. And an inanimate, an inanimate machine could do that testing. It simply takes, requires um, a, some interaction between physical points, and that's what happens. Pattern is a concept. Pattern is something that is not physical. It's something that is conceptual, it's an idea, and it really, really is a matter of perspective if I pick up on it or not. So, we can have, um, we can have the range of dealing with different events that happen. There are some people on one end of the spectrum that they, they absolutely see no coincidence between anything whatsoever. No matter how strange things, no matter how offbeat, that's the way it is. In, in, the bigger the sampling, the more you'll get extraordinary flukes on different ends of it. There are some people who, can see, who see conspiracies in everything that happens. If I happened to go down to Shalom this morning and there wasn't the flavor of soda that I liked, it's quite obvious that somebody's plotting to, to, to make my life miserable. So, so, so we do get both ends, both ends of it. But the point is uh, a, a perspective, a, a, a pattern, is really exists in the world of Das. That's Das Adam. And, and that's why um, it, it's, it's very hard. A computer, a, 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 you don't even need a computer, and anything physical can interact something physical. It's there. Shoot a beam of particles at something, you'll get, you'll get an effect. It'll bounce back, it'll be absorbed, it'll emit a light, something will happen. To pick up a pattern, you need to tell the computer what pattern to look for. And, and because a pattern is an idea, it's a concept. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us in this world and the events that, go, that are ongoing in the world have two ways to solve them. I can look at them as random bits and pieces and, I, I, and, and there's not going to be anything that will disprove it as such. You can't disprove randomness. It, it's, I don't see a connection. Is it a coincidence? Coincidence, but but no coincidence is an impossibility. The word the word impossible doesn't does not exist in the world. Of coincidence. What are the chances that 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 the cars in the in the parking lot will will all be parked in ascending order of numbers? Um, I, I'm sure, depending on the amount of cars, um, it, it would be quite a, a, it would quite it, it, it would be a vast number, but. 
it could happen. There, there's nothing physically. There's nothing physically wrong about it. It it, it could happen. I mean, what are the chances of person winning a lottery ticket? In the printed things, it's one out of 150 million, whatever. But somebody wins almost every week, every month, whatever it is. Somebody wins. So so coincidence and pattern are really really um, human constructs. They're conceptual. And the world of Bechira at its deepest level, in other words, not at the level of I'm tempted, should I do, should I not do it? That, that's, a, that's, that's a much more physical choice. I have a craving for this. I know maybe it's not kosher, whatever it is. I should, I shouldn't. But how I am toe-faced to Bria, how I look at it really, really is a choice. I can look at it random pieces, and I could look at it as being run a, a, a pattern and, and so on. So let's the way he says it here. So you have the world has a sovev and a mesivet. I can look at the world as being caused by direct um, cause and effect. In other words, not part of something greater. So if I ask myself what caused this X, the thing right before this, what caused X? The, 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 the X minus 1 behind it, and the X minus 2 behind that. All, all, all I see is point by point. Next page. So all I need to do is I keep worrying about the immediate cause. I don't see an overarching pattern. I don't see anything bigger than that. That's because Baruch Hu placed the world where you can look at it from two angles. And both of them will not readily um, give up will not readily tell you if, if it's true or not true. A person becomes a, a, a he becomes a product of that. And a person can live his life in a world of just local cause and effect, nothing else happening. Ah, the next paragraph on Memdalit. In this, in this big mass of direct cause and effect, I can look at a pneumistic point. I can say, one second, there, there is a, a, a thread inside all of these events. I can find a Kaddish Baruch Hu. When a person begins to pick up on that, that's the reality that he lives, and that's how a Kaddish Baruch Hu treats him. In other words, it is the, it, 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 I make the choice do I see the world as being independent of the And it will keep reinforcing itself. The world will have less and less meaning. Things will happen at random, negative, and, and I, I, I'll see less and less of it and spin out of control. I can pick up and understand Ashgacha and then HaKadosh Baruch has a different relationship with me. It almost both ends of it reinforce themselves. The only way it changes is when things become so excruciating difficult that a person will realize something's happening. Um, I want to stop a second and, and, and discuss another point about this. 
people speak about the conflict between science and Torah. There is, in a certain sense, no conflict for the following reason. I, you know, I, I mean, when you say it's the word science, you're including so many things. But, but I want to say that a very central, a scientist by right looks for immediate cause. If something comes spinning down the hallway, it's because something pushed it, and and there's and there's the the, the appropriate amount of traction and and lack of friction, etc. That is 100% right. And in any detail, you're only going to find um, the, exa- the immediate cause. That's what we'll find in any detail. But when I look at the big picture, and I keep stepping back, I'm to see something else. It's like the difference when you, when you take a photograph, sometimes you lodge it, and you just see individual dots. You don't have a photograph from your eyes, you just see dots. Sometimes when you're able to narrow it, you see the whole picture in one shot, you see a picture. Um, anytime you take a picture and it's large enough and you can't get a sense of the entire picture, you, you see details and no picture. The, the, the God in the world is not present in any one detail. And therefore scientists will and should marvelously explain every detail, how it works, what caused it, you know, how we stop and so on. But when I look at the whole thing together and I ask myself, what is everything together, then it starts becoming something very different. He brings now a Medrash Rabbah. So Medrash Rabbah, this is a Memdalit on the right-hand side, the bottom paragraph. Esau, Esau. Esau is called Esau, Doshav Shabarasi Balami. I created um, something in this world that is for naught. The word shav means nothing. It's 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 empty, meaningless. Esav who shal sheker. Esav is an embodiment of meaninglessness, um, of, of of nothingness. It, you know, it's the word sheker. Um, it's it's very interesting. Let's let's take it aside a minute. Using God's name in an oath is a very serious issue. There are two ways in which we commit a terrible avera when we use God's name in an oath. One is if we use it falsely. So we're attributing falsehood to God's name. We say, I swear by desh, 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 that I don't owe you a thing when I owe you money. That's a terrible thing because I'm, I'm chaining God to a falsehood when God is emis. There's a more subtle and strange version of that that is just as prohibited. And that's called shvur shav, which means a meaningless empty shvur. It happens in two possible ways. If I swear it's night outside, or if I swear it's day outside. In other words, when I swear I don't owe you money, I might be convincing the court that I don't owe you money. I might be convincing the public. That's falsehood. But where my shvua, where my oath serves no purpose, because no one's going to believe me it's day out, and nobody needs me to swear it's night outside, that's called shvua shav. And that is as serious, an empty oath is as serious as a false oath. Because just like God is true, and that's a core, core definition of alakim emis, 
emptiness, meaningless, is a falsehood in a very essential way. And I, and I want to try to explain it because it, it's, it, it's a deeper concept, it's a core concept. Something that's false, when I say your friendship to me is false, it could mean that you're just trying to get something out of me, and you know, you're sort of pretending to be friendly because you want to get some favor out of me. That's false. But if it collapses on a day of need, or any time it's a problem for you, it just disintegrates, that's false. In other words, it's false, not because I didn't mean it to be real, but something that pretends to exist and doesn't exist. I'm pretending a friendship, but that friendship is hollow, it's empty, it's, it's, it's vapid. So, so that's nothing. There's a lotion in the in the in the um, there's a lotion in in the pasuk. Chastechem ka'anan boker. Your kindness is like a morning cloud. In the morning things look overhung and it takes very rapidly the day clears up. In other words, your favors and your kindness seem to come on strong, and then there's nothing there to it. I once. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Lower East Side. For those old timers here who still uh, who are smiling, I, um, the, the, this is where the old timers lived. And I remember some people who were old timers on the East Side. And somewhere in the twenties, there was a Hungarian Rav of Kalfus who taught a lot of people individually. I know nothing about him except for that. And one of them told me, one of the old men told me, like all good East European rabbis, he had very low opinion of Americans and American Yiddishkeit. And he said, American Yiddishkeit is like a movie. It dances, it sings, it jumps, but when you touch it, it's just a sheet. There's nothing, nothing to it. It's just, a, it's just a piece of cloth. That was the way he described it. So in other words, something that's empty, something that has no, it's not what it, what, it, what it projects itself to be, that's falsehood in a much deeper way. So when a person swears a, sh- a real oath, the oath is meaningful, but it's, it's just not um, true, so, so that is an oath that's not true. When a person s- swears an oath that's empty, the concept of being empty and meaningless and associating God with emptiness and meaningless is a terrible travesty. And that's why it's an Avera. It's the same type of, of Avera like Shekhar. So the question arises, what does it mean God created Esav? He's empty, meaningless. How could Hashem create a, a being that's meaningless? Upirishu. So he explains it. Shebetoich seder ha'olam Sida ha'kadosh baruch hu in other words, what it doesn't mean Akadosh Baruch created him for nothing. It means Akadosh Baruch presented a being that says the world is empty and meaningless. It's not shove for nothing. Shove means Esav is the one who proclaims. It's, it's one of the complementary ideologies, which is a bad ideology, but it's necessary to bring out the good point. Someone says the world itself is meaningless. 
And today, this has become the more and more dominant voice. It used to be people believed in many gods, and that was meaningless in a different way, but, but still things had been brought to the world with, with reasons. Um, people believed in different gods, and almost everybody believed there's some creator, which, which meant not only did something bring us into being, but there was a purpose in it. And today, when you tell somebody you're an accident, and everything is an accident, the word meaning has no meaning. What do you mean, what's the meaning of my life? It's like, it's one thing when I, if I put it down here, and someone asks me, what's the point of putting it down? Why would you put it down here? That's a, that's a reasonable question. But if, if the wind blew it in, and I would ask, what's the meaning of this? I don't think it would be kind of strange. You know, what does that mean? Yeah, the wind blew it in. So the, 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 the idea, the antithesis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is meaningless. Something has no tachlis. So he says, V'zekol yesodu shalmolek Shekosov etzla shekorcha baderech Korcha milosh mikra Shekol yesodu hu mikra K'mod isa b'medrash amachkosov b'megilas esta Eskola shekorohu Ben b'noa shekorcha It says um, Homon told his wife everything that happened to him in other words, he used that same word korohu as karcha, which was the word that um, that Amalek, that's written about Amalek. In other words, they were the beings that what they espoused was the world has no meaning to it, and therefore everything needs to be seen with its immediate cause, not with anything bigger. And that's why by Amalek it says, Incredible Pasik in, in Bilam said. Bilam looked around and he said, Amalek is, is the root of all Goyim. He, he is sort of, the, the, in a certain sense, um, the leader of all nations. But his end is Adei Oved. His end is to be destroyed, to be lost. In other words, that is Esav. He is purposeless. He's going no place. That's who he is. And, and you, you hear it when Esav says, Everything ends in death. There is no point to it. And therefore, yes, so, 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 so you're right. Your, your essence is something that has no meaning. And therefore, there's no place you go to. Um, I want to have a little bit less time than usual. So I, I want to skip over to a point. Um, at, at the, uh, let, let's just see over here, another two lines. That's why we were told to erase it. The morale, the morale explains it. Once, he, once we were told to erase his memory, anything that was created that has a purpose cannot be erased. And that's why all the nations of the world, each and every culture and every nation, has something that it brings to the table. Um, and so long as they bring it in the way they're supposed to bring it, 
it, it will last because God did not create anything for naught. So whether a nation excels in beauty, or a nation excels in strength, a nation excels in, in industry, a nation excels in anything, so yes, if it's done wrong, if it's, if, it's, if it's taken to the wrong place, then it's bad, but it always will reconnect to the good that Klal will bring to the world. And therefore, it's not, it doesn't end. But Aesop, since his point is the person who proclaims meaninglessness in the world, randomness, has no real metzias. If I came by accident, then I will leave by accident. If my birth is an accident, my death is an accident. I, I want to bring in something from the outside a minute, and then we'll see one more point here that he brings a beautiful point. This is Sfasemis. Sfasemis was the Gary Rebbe. He was in 19... He, he was Gary Rebbe until about 1920. He um, was really... His Torah is sort of the foundation of Gary Hasidus. He was an extraordinary He wrote on Gemara, classics that, are, that we still use. And Rabbi Rosemary sometimes mentions the Drusha, because he speaks about Moed and Yanim. So in the, in, the, in the part of the Drusha, that's harder to understand. Uses Hasemis, he gets mentioned. Um, the, and, and he wrote this, his work on, 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 on uh, Chumash is a classic it, in Hasidus. It's a real classic. He makes a point like this. He says... We are told, we, we commemorate the miracles of every event that happened on the day the miracle happened. We went out of Egypt the first day of Pesach, we commemorate that. The Yam split on the seventh day, we commemorate that. The Torah was given on the sixth day of Sivan, the seventh day of Sivan, we commemorate on that day. That's, that's, when, that's when we're supposed to commemorate it. Sukkot has a reason why, and why it's not, it may not be in its appropriate date. Purim, it says clearly, Hanukkah, we, we commemorate the eight days that, that the light lit. On Purim, it says we fought them tomorrow. Tomorrow is the big miracle. Yud Gimel is, 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 when, is, is, when, is, is, is when it happened. Yudalit was afterwards, was anticlimactic. And the Pasuk says, V'noach b'yom Arbasa. It's when they rested. Same thing in Trisha Purim. They fought on Yudalit. And they rest on the spot. And that became Purim. Why? It, it, wasn't the miracle when we won the battle? Why Venoach? This Fasemus points out another place where this is written. Something very similar. It says that Kaddish Baruch Hu tells us, When you will find, when Kaddish Baruch Hu will give you tranquility, go and fight Amalek. Why do you have to say that in the Pasuk? If, the, if, if we're able to do it, Let's say we're fighting a war with, with somebody else, with the Knani, with the, with the Prizi, with the Yavusi, and we don't have the manpower to pursue a Malik, certainly we shouldn't. That's obvious. We're, we're, we're an onus. We can't. If we can fight two battles, so why not? You, you know, you, you're not part of mitzvahs just because you're engaged in other mitzvahs unless you can't do it. So why does the Pasik emphasize when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you a tranquility? So Sasemis says, we, in order for us to test ourselves that we're triumphant over Amalek, we need to be able to find ourselves 
in the moment of tranquility. In other words, you have people work very hard for a cause, but when the cause happens, it's anticlimactic. Okay, but okay, so so what? You, you have a person. You have you have a person who sets up a house and he puts a lot of effort to make it nice, and then he really enjoys the house the way it's meant. There's some person that's bored immediately as soon as it's finished. It's bored. There's some you know it, it, it just he, he never got anything out of the tachlis. A molek is this force that we saw that is obsessed with the process and never can relate to the tachlis. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the world and designed it the then having a tachlis in the world is, is a core ingredient. If kids are playing with Lego, they have no tachlis. They're just whiling away time. So, so will anything come out of playing the Lego? Maybe a fight or two, but nothing, nothing, but nothing more will come out of it. When a person designs a house, he's got a, he's got a tachlis. So Sassemis says, if we're to defeat Amalek, it's going to be when we found Menucha. Menucha doesn't mean just respite. Menucha means tachlis. Um, I, would, I, I would dovetail it with which in Shabbos, the concept of rest in Shabbos is not respite. The halacha is if you carry from one rishos, from one domain to another domain, that's an isa Torah, unless you have an Erev, the way we do it. But if you stop in the middle, and if you stop just to sort of move the thing around so that it sits better, or you take a short break, that may not be called hanacha. Menucha means not a cessation of work means finding where my destiny is. Where am I supposed to go to? Where's destination? That's where it is. So let's take a look on page 88. I want to see a piece that he brings. It's, it's, um, The Medrash Rabbah, Isa, it's on the, all the way on the bottom of page 88 on the right hand side. Um, the Medrash, it's, 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 he brings the Medrash Rabbah, then, then um, yeah, I'm sorry, on the, on the left hand column, page 88, the left hand column, Amolik. Amolik who Abriya shall shove, the Holy Soda who Mikra. He's all about Mikra. The Lachain Kolmagamosa who Lashpia Shakol who Mikra. So Reb Tzadik, he was also one of the great Hasidic masters, also died around the turn of the century. And he says a fascinating insight on the Mishnah. It says, a person who denies Tchias HaMesim will not merit being in Tchias HaMesim. HaMesim is the resurrection of the dead. We understand it as being a punishment. In other words, a tit for tat. You don't believe in it, it's not going to happen. Very similar to um, the parsha of, of, the, of the, um, the, the four men who, were, who said they couldn't believe that. What are the Mitzvahim? The whole parsha Nach, where one person said, it can't be God will bring so much food. And the prophet told him, if, if, that, if that's what you feel, you're going to see it, but you'll never get to it. And he got trampled and so on. Familiar with the story. But 
He's, he's so to normally you understand it as a punishment. If you don't believe in it, you don't get it. Reb Tzadik says a different pshat. The reason it's 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 not a cause, it's an effect. Why doesn't this person believe in the resurrection death? Because his own neshama doesn't belong there. He's already lost his his chelak um, in that which a person has no connection to, he doesn't believe in it. And things that a person denies, it means that he has no connection to it. Um, the 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 mikra because that's what he is. That's why that's what he believes for what Dovik So Reb Sadik says here a very profound idea. Let, let's take a, a, an example. If you meet somebody who tells you, you know, there are no honest people in the world. Everybody is out for their own selfish interests. You can pretty much be sure that this person in himself doesn't feel um, any sense of doing something for somebody else. Um, you know, yes, he'll probably give two or three examples how he's always doing for other people. The truth is, we usually project our own sense to someone else. And something that we can't fathom as possibly being true means because we have ourselves no connection to it. And, 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 and you'll see people who've had um, pe- people who have a total negative view it's, it's inside them. The, um, so the, the Sarabtzadik says a person who denies Tchiasa Mesim it's because their own neshama has been cut. They've done so many affairs of the type that, that a person loses is Chagam Haba, and therefore he doesn't feel that life has meaning. His life is meaningless, and therefore he projects it to life in general. A Amalek is the being that was created that is lacking that. Now, the reason why would Hashem create something like that, a, person, a, a group of a person, so my feeling is, like everything else, it's a foil. You need to be able to to to, to ask yourself, um, what is what is good about the life that Hashem made, and to understand that a life that has no meaning is horrible. The person who has zero, I I was in in Soviet Russia in 1987. I'm still communist. And I went there for a week. People, they, they would send people to teach. Um, it, it was it wasn't a very heroic thing. That that by, by 1987, the worst they did to you was just throw you out if they didn't like you. And you know whatever. So and there would be two people uh, every two weeks would, would go. There would be a few groups and people and so on. Um, I, I, it's it's interesting. I wasn't um, I, I wasn't afraid. But for the first time in my life, I felt depressed for a week. I mean, the people there, 
had no cheshek for life. Everything was glum, drab, <coughs> depressing. Because, what's the point of it? You're stuck in a big, meaningless machine. Nobody was trusted, nothing was believed in, nothing, nothing good could ever come. It could come if you managed to steal it. But again, it never, there never was a satisfaction of coming to the good, because there was no the good. By ripping out a Muna, they also ripped out um, any sense of tachlis in life. I mean, it was palpable. The, 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 you know, the, 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 there was nothing that nothing that 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 had a, a, a spark of, of life in it. So, anything the, the, the shove barasi the emptiness for naught is the biggest klala. God forbid, people are depressed or even suicidal. Um, the, 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 the phrase that you keep using is for naught, for nothing. So let me finish off the point that he makes towards the end, and then and then we'll sum up a bit. Um, he, um, he so this is at the very end. He comes back like this is on page Memvav, it's sort of uh, ninety-one, I guess. Um, he speaks about the Megillah when we speak about the Venahafahu. And this he takes us back to the opening phrase that we spoke about. That Tachas Anatsuts Yala Sirpod and so Yala Brosh. The word Tachas doesn't mean instead of. Because if to say instead of gives me no insight whatsoever to the Megillah. We asked that as our first question, we phrased it, we, that these are, this, this is supposed to be an opening theme of the Megillah. Instead of uh, in, instead of the wicked Homo, we got the nice Mordechai. Instead of the wicked Vashti, we got the nice Esther. So, what is that adding? He says the word Tachas means something very different. It doesn't mean instead. It means underneath. It's it's like a, um, a baby is loses a tooth, uh, a, a milk tooth. A child loses a milk tooth, and because there's an adult tooth that's been pushing up and pushing it out. In other words, if, if we look at it as random events, then we don't see it that way. The minute we start making a connection, we understand that somehow Haman was like the string that you pulled and Mordechai came up with it. And Vashti was the string that you pulled and Esther came out from it. The word Tachas means underneath. It was waiting to come out when, when you took the top. So in many ways, the, the Megillus Esther, the way he explains it, is the most relevant portion of Torah for us today. Because open miracles don't happen anymore. That, that came to an end. And, and, and the main reason is because if, if miracles are really open, then we are pointless. What's, that, what's the point of it? I mean, if somebody sees, a, 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 if somebody sees something, uh, a, a rock that's ready to fall down, and he doesn't walk there, we, we, don't, we don't commend the person for acting with great insight and understanding. 
I mean, listen, it, 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 you see the rock and it's very precarious, so there's no point to it. If our lives were full of miracles, open miracles, then, then it would just become another um, part of reality and we'd have no input into it. So yes, a person who's an idiot will walk there and be burnt. But but the, 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 you know, if, if, if being mechal Shabbos would, would would be greeted with instant death, then 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 Chol Shabbos would be morally equivalent to to putting your finger in a socket, in an electric socket. It means nothing. It's a physical reality. When Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us free choice. The most important thing was the ability to understand the world as we wish. We can understand it as a series of meaningless, empty events caused by laws of, of, of nature, random, by, 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 by the laws of statistics. And so it means nothing. Or a person can make the effort and stand back 2 feet, 10 feet, 100 feet, and look at the bigger picture. It's one of the reasons why, you know, as people get older, a lot of times they sort of turn more to religion, and, you know, it's very easy to say because they're getting old and frail and difficult and so on. There's something else also. Every, a young person greets every event at face value. This event, this happened after that. A person who steps back, and it's in Kohelas, which is written from a point of a sort of a, a secular perspective, in the sense of, let me see the world as it is, let me get... He ends, in other words, taking back a lifetime of steps and seeing a lifetime, I begin to understand that the only thing that's meaning is... The, 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 the events of the Megillah, there is not a single event in the Megillah that in any way is supernatural. And all the events put together could also be understood very differently. I tell people, so, you know, one, of, one of the things that's contested, Megillah says this contested historically. I tell people it's very simple because it, it's, it's, it's a perspective. It, it's like imagine somebody picks up um, a a an, a Haredi newspaper, Modia or Yated, and somebody reads ten years worth of the Yated or Modia and says, "You know, they haven't mentioned a football game even once. I guess football had become extinct by the time the Yated and Modia was written. No, it it became it, it's just not part of that world." Or, if you read the New York Times and they write nothing about which Masech they're learning like with yeshiva or, or any yeshivas, and you say, I guess they must not be yeshivas. No, that's the perspective, that's their world. And, and they're putting in the pieces based on that. And I remember as a young boy when the Baron Cutler passed away, and they, someone asked them to put in a notice about it, something, something bitchy, and they said, well, some old rabbi in New Jersey, you've got to be kidding, it's the New York Times. And then he had the biggest funeral at that time, 25,000 people, I was there, I was a young boy, and they they, they, they were scrambling to figure out what in the world happened. Like, who was this person? Why we never heard of him? You know, they, they just couldn't make sense of it. Megillus Esther is an this The book as a book is written by us. In other words, we saw these events and we put them together. It's a ten-year span or so. It, it's not something that 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 you have to be able to put it together. It says the 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 the, the Kohen Gadol when you have the Urim Vetumim, so that would shine and it would light up and it would and it would um, 
and it would give us a message about should we go to war, should we not go to war, and so on. So it says there are two special shamos of Hashem inside it. One of them caused the letters to light up, and the other one caused the Kohen to understand how to properly sequence those letters. How do we put them together? Because you can scramble and unscramble letters, and the same letters will mean very different things. So, so these are two separate aspects. Events and meaning are really um, they're, they're dependent, but, but, they're, but, but they're not the same. And a person can have different perspectives on the same, on the, on the same events. So Purim is, in a sense, al yantif. We live in a time when there is nothing overt from Kodesh Baruch Hu. Um, we, we, we see many, a myriad of things happening. Each event happens in a slice of time, and it, we see it as an event that has its own validity. We don't seem to need it to, to be attached to something else. But the person takes a longer look and sees a bigger, a bigger, bigger perspective. The person sees everything together. The Megillah halachically has to be read from beginning to the end. You can't miss out even one word. Um, and the reason is because if you miss out one piece, then you've lost the entire thing. It's, there, there's, not a, 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 there's no one event that sticks out. It's the whole piece together. So, Be'ez Hashem, we should be Zohar to have that clarity of understanding so that we can look around the world, understand where we are, what's happening, where we're going to. And when a person understands where he's headed to, it's, it's just like um, a hospital is, is, a, is, is a, it's a, it's a difficult experience for anybody. For a child, it's a terrifying experience because he doesn't understand where it's going to. Um, even if I explain it, it's not easy. Um, he doesn't understand the process that's hopefully taking him to be healed. An adult copes much better because he understands it's a very difficult process. But it's taking him to a certain place. He understands the meaning behind it and where it's gone to. Kashbrach should give us the clarity of understanding and das so that we make sense of our own lives and the world as a whole and Bezdes Hashem see that light at the end of the tunnel that we're headed to Bezdes Hashem.